coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. In general, right? Running a business is complex. Some of it is about thinking like an entrepreneur versus an employee. We're, we're educated and we're indoctrinated into ways of thinking with, with just like traditional school in general to think like an employee. And often entrepreneurs get stuck in creating more jobs for themselves, mm-hmm. which, which is thinking like an employee versus creating more jobs for other people. And this has to do with um, your business model as well. I've, I've had a lot of people come to me with, like I had um, an agency owner who ran a Facebook and Instagram ad agency tons and tons of revenue. Um, and she was making pennies, right. And, and then floating things here and there on her credit card. And the, the business model was not set up in a way where it financially made sense. And because of that, it actually, there were a lot of ways structurally internally, where it also didn't make sense in terms of leadership, because there was like no incentive for her team to work any harder or do any more. So that restructuring is is different depending on your business and your business model. But when you're thinking about your business model and when you're thinking about your pricing, this is something not to approach from an emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of the time people hear things like charge what you're worth. And I think that can be really confusing and it can be really defeating because how do you put a value on your worth? Yeah. Um, And that's not what your pricing should be based on, right? Your worth is inherent and your worth is infinite. Welcome to the show, I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. I'm Hannah Koenig, and I am a business and financial educator for entrepreneurial leaders. I would say chaotic, full of love, full of food. My father was a great cook. Um, and, and so we always, we, we always had really, really good food. And that was a place where we could come together. Um, and I'm the oldest of four. So yeah. a lot of siblings, a lot of movement, a, a lot of activity. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Was there, was there any like topic that you can remember always, you know, being something that you guys would always talk about or, or, or communicate? You know, most of my memories of all being at the dinner table together were early childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, my my father was a disabled veteran. He found out he had hepatitis C from a blood transfusion in the Vietnam War when I was about seven years old, and everything shifted really drastically after that. And and actually, it became quite dysfunctional. But I I just remember a lot of food, a lot of movement. I also remember um, hiding vegetables under my brother's booster seat so I could hurry up and get dessert and then being <laughs> caught. Um, so yeah, those are my, those are my early memories. We had, um, I, I think food was one of the things that 
was that was very nourishing. You know, we grew up, we were on food stamps, but my parents um, always figured out how to make that. You know, I wouldn't have known it mm-hmm. uh, if you just sat down to dinner. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. I love that. And were you, did you have any entrepreneurial influences growing up? Would you say, was this, you know, obviously you, you've gone out, you know, on that, on that path. Was there anything that, that you knew early on that that was something that you wanted to do? Um, my grandmother ran a Montessori school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she lived, I grew up in Northern Wisconsin. She lived in Kansas city and she would drive up and visit us for all of the major holidays and in the summer. Um, and I, I didn't think about, I didn't realize it until later in life. Um, but I also didn't realize that the entrepreneurial path was for me until later in life. And many, you know, she also taught me how to rollerblade. So she's kind of my superhero in many different ways. I love that. That's, that's very cool. Um, what was your path? Did you go to college? Did you, did you start your own thing, you know, pretty, pretty early on? What was, what was your path Mm -hmm. to, to get to where you are today? So I graduated high school in 2007. I'm in, I'm in my early thirties and it was, I I was working as a hostess at um, an Italian restaurant and trying to figure out how to move out on my own and how I was going to afford to go to school. Um, I remember not qualifying for Pell Grants because my mom made a certain amount of money, which was like next to nothing. Um, and being like, this is going to be really challenging. And, and then, you know, the financial crisis in 2008 happened and I looked around me and there were a lot of grown adults working as servers in the environment. I was as an 18 year old, um, who had degrees who were not making any money and not able to find a job and, and just the cost of remember being really, it feeling so daunting, figuring out how to afford to live and afford to go to school. And, and then the promise or the reward of going to school wasn't great. And financial loans were readily available. And my early twenties, I made almost every financial mistake a person can make, um, you know, aside from filing for bankruptcy. And it just, it felt like this hard thing that everyone else had figured out and that you just were supposed to know how to do when you adulted. And I felt a lot of shame and I felt a lot of fear. And um, eventually I ditched the idea of going to school and I found, um, I found yoga and I found um, facilitation and, and transformational processes. Like if you think about Tony Robbins and, and those kind of workshops, and I threw myself into that. And in that world, nobody cared what degree you had. They cared about your training. They cared about your skill set, how you showed up. Um, you know, the, the knowledge you held, but not maybe a degree or a credential. And that became my world for a long time. But also in a lot of those spaces, there was this understanding that, you know, to be of service, a lot of these were spiritual communities, um, that you were also committing to not making any money. I remember one of my first teachers telling her that like, this is what I wanted to do. And she was like, you're not going to make any money. You know that, right? And, and having other female mentors tell me, you know, we'll make sure you marry someone who has money then. And just being like, this is 
really disempowering. Um, and I didn't know myself or, or see myself as like a generative force for money, which, which I do now. Um, and eventually I found entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship seemed to be, I, I was so tired of struggling and scraping by. And I had traveled the world on pennies and, and done all these things by myself. Um, and I saw entrepreneurship as this way to bypass all of these things that I didn't have or that seemed stacked against me, right? I didn't have a formal education past high school. No one was going to give me the kind of salary that would support the way I wanted to live. And entrepreneurship seemed like this option where none of that mattered. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started first a coaching business and, and I was just doing life coaching and then a lot of my clients were, you know, in our sessions, you know, we were checking in on what our agenda was supposed to be, but then they were kind of sandwiching in questions about how I was running my business. And so I started supporting them and kind of just walking beside them. I was like, I'm, I'm not an expert in this. Um, and it, and I just, we were learning together. And, and from there, and my, and my leadership skill set, I did a lot of, um, I did ran leadership trainings in Bali and workshops and stuff like that. So that really supported that. And, and eventually I became a, a business coach, um, which is what led me into wealth building, right? Like it was always about helping people become well-resourced in their leadership, because when we're well-resourced, when we have wealth, we have opportunity and we have optionality, right? We've got options. And from there, we're able to put a lot more behind our mission, put a lot more behind our vision um, and, and show up to meet those things whole. Yeah, yeah, you don't have yeah. to worry about things that are going on in the, back, the background and you, know, you can be you know, fully present with whatever, whatever it is that you're focusing on. Um, when, you, when you are coaching these entrepreneurs, what would you say are some of the common, um, I don't want to say mistakes, but, but misconceptions or misunderstandings that, that a lot of people seem to um, you know, have about money and have about those types of resources and how they can make money? Yeah, it's really um, common for small business owners to be really great at the thing they're great at and to struggle with everything else and, and then to often avoid everything else because it's, it's not their genius, right? Like, oh, I am great with dogs and dog training, but then the numbers are just this thing. I don't, I don't even want to look at it. And, and I see what, what happens there is not only avoidance, um, but avoidance creates fear and discomfort, but also confusion. You know, a, a lot of people confuse, um, revenue with profit or, or even cash flow, right? So they're like, money is coming in, you know, maybe I just had um, a $50,000 launch, but not also considering that those payments are broken up over a six, eight, 12 month period. And so you're actually only receiving, you know, $10,000. Um, so not jumping on, you know, buying that new Range Rover or whatever it is, um, the confusion of, of cash flow with profit. And also, you know, thinking that being in relationship with the money is something that you could just outsource. And I am all for get an accountant 
but accountants and traditional accounting and accounting software is just a retroactive tracking system, right? It is not a strategy. It is not um, intentional. It is not planning. And, and wealth doesn't build itself. And cash flow is not the same thing as wealth. And if we're only focused on cash flow, it's kind of a hamster wheel, right? It's like I am eating what I made yesterday and I have to keep working today if I'm going to eat tomorrow. And, and there are ways to set yourself up where that's never an issue, but it's often sort of this secondary thing. People think about profitability and what they end up focusing on is sales and they focus on cash flow, but not necessarily the management of that cash flow. And if you, you know, the earlier you understand the management of your money, the more you have to work with, right? That creates leverage. It creates the ability to maneuver, to choose things, to set yourself up in a way to fully succeed. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about some of those, um, I, I guess the the management styles, or or I'm not quite sure how to how to phrase that, but you mentioned you know there's there's some things that are set up afterwards. What are some of those techniques or some of those things that um, can be set up to be able to create that that um, you know that that cycle where you're not constantly you know making food to to eat it you know the next day and then mm -hmm. you have to keep going on that 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 cycle. Yeah. So obviously the first and, and the most obvious thing is tracking. A lot of people understand tracking. That's pretty traditional accounting. Um, you want to make sure that your financial accounts as a business owner are separate from your personal accounts. This is a mistake I made early on in my business. And I remember my tax person being like, do you want to be audited? Like, what are you doing? And, and it was a mess. It was like, six or seven hours of going through every single account line by line and plugging it into a spreadsheet, that doesn't need to happen. So tracking is important, knowing your numbers, knowing what's going in and what's coming out. But beyond that is having a, a system for that. And this leads into kind of this, the second point, which is paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. I love, um, there's a book called Profit First. I love this model. Yeah, I, I love this model for entrepreneurs. Now, the book itself is structured more for brick and mortar businesses, but there are ways to modify it depending on your business model. And to really simplify, it's essentially an envelope system for every payment that comes that comes to you. So what they recommend is paying yourself and what I recommend is paying yourself at least 50% of each sale initially, right? That goes into the envelope that goes to pay you. And then and then putting um, 20 to 30% for taxes. And then the remainder goes to business expenses. And the way we layer that is initially, um, depending on your business, you if you have a digital business, you probably have pretty low overhead. And, and this is, again, every business model is different. So there are different ways to maneuver this. And I highly recommend checking the book out. Um, but from there, I recommend creating sort of a business emergency fund, right? So instead of being like, oh, okay, I have X amount of dollars left. I'm, I'm going to buy these new systems. I'm going to invest in this new program. First creating an emergency fund for your business. And even before debt, I, re I recommend, you know, if you went into debt in your business, I recommend setting up that buffer first. And that should be, you know, I, I remember hearing early on people say like a thousand dollars. 
I don't know whose business or what a thousand dollars will get you um, yeah. in this day and age. But in my business, I think I have, it's like between four and six months of business expenses that includes my salary, that includes my team, that includes all of our systems and software. So if say a pandemic happens or a recession happens and we see a dip in revenue, I am able, or, or we see no revenue, right? No revenue for four to six months. I am able to operate at the same way I've been operating without cutting anything back for that sustained amount of time. And that creates a lot of space in your business to make decisions based on where you're going, not what you're afraid of, right? And, and not in a reactive way. And that creates growth, it creates sustainability, it creates peace of mind. So with, with that profit first model, with paying yourself first, if, if you're using that model, half of everything you spend goes to you, then 20 to 30% for taxes, and then the remainder to first build that emergency fund, but then beyond that can be allocated to your business. Mm -hmm. Now you can also, you can do this a little bit differently, but paying yourself is something that I recommend period. I do a variation of this. I pay myself a salary because um, I've been at this a long time. I can, I can look back on and, and forecast revenue a little bit more easily. Mm -hmm. And it makes it easier in my personal life. If I know, okay, I'm going to pay myself a six figure salary period. And then beyond that, we can decide how we want to allocate funds. Um, and then after that, after you've got your emergency fund, you have set up a system for paying yourself. And, and this really, and things are being tracked, right? This gives you a strategy and a plan versus we're just doing accounting and finding out at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year, where we, yeah. where we are, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm intentional and I'm focused. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've connected with hundreds of extremely successful entrepreneurs. We've interviewed multimillionaires, a few billionaires, top marketers, technologists, brokers, and so, so many more. Many of our guests have even landed on the Fortune 5000 or even the 500 list on at least one occasion. These people are doers, and these are the type of leaders that you want to be connected with and learn from. This whole thing started because I know that the fastest way to success was following others who have done what I'm looking to do first. We created Pass the Secret Sauce so that we could get our own business questions answered and that we could get access to the best minds in business. You see, entrepreneurs are my people, and I truly enjoy connecting with and learning from other successful business owners, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling this 99 Entrepreneur Strong, and it's a community of like-minded business owners just like you who want to learn from and connect with other business owners to create generational wealth together. 99 Entrepreneur Strong is a community of individuals just like you who want to strengthen their business, learn what techniques are generating revenue for other business owners, and perhaps even collaborating on future projects and products. The goal is to get your business growing so that you can begin creating generational wealth. As you probably know by now, we invest in large multifamily opportunities, and we want to help our network of entrepreneurs be able to do the same. Some of my best friends are business owners, and it's so much fun being able to create opportunities and grow together. With 99 Entrepreneurs Strong, you'll be able to network with people from all sections of industry, 
from investors looking to deploy capital to new opportunities, project managers looking for investors, marketing experts, contractors, mindset gurus, manufacturers, and so, so much more. I've been at this entrepreneur role for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one business work. And the 99 Entrepreneur Strong Community is my attempt to shorten your learning curve to get you plugged in to leading experts that you need fast. All this so that you can generate the capital to invest in other passive income opportunities, such as multifamily. Unlike other groups, 99 Entrepreneur Strong is a private organization that you have to apply for. Once you're approved in the group, we will match you with other entrepreneurs who we feel you will connect with. We hold monthly mastermind sessions where members will present their business story, what they need, and what they may be struggling with. And the group will offer suggestions, resources, or solve the business problems together. We also will hold other framework sessions throughout the month where other 99 Entrepreneur Strong members will present what they are currently doing in their own companies. Every session will be recorded and added to the library so you will have access to these resources whenever you need them. When you grow your business with scale, you can also impact other areas that are important to you. With the 99 Entrepreneur Strong Project, combined with our portfolio of multifamily assets and network of other entrepreneurs, our personal impact project is to eradicate the euthanasia of dogs. It's a lofty goal, but I know we can have huge impacts when we join together. So by applying to be a member of 99 Entrepreneur Strong, you'll learn how to make your business grow with tactical advice. You'll network and personally partner with other extremely successful individuals. You'll learn about other generational wealth building opportunities. And perhaps the biggest impact is that you'll help eradicate dog euthanasia. With that, I look forward to meeting you, learning from you, and helping you grow. To learn more, go to 99entrepreneurstrong.com. Beyond that, I recommend setting up a traditional retirement account for yourself. You can do this just a simple 401k through your business as a business owner. Um, There are a couple cool benefits to that. You can first contribute as an employee in your business. You can match yourself as an employer. And if you're married, you can also make a contribution and a match for your spouse. Mm -hmm. So that can help... um, shift sort of your profit or or taxable income. So there are ways to defer taxes with that, but also it just gives you, you know, entrepreneurship does not come with a standard benefits package. And it gives you the way to have some of that traditional money set aside. Um, And and then beyond that, like that's where stuff gets really fun and, and you can look at tax strategy. There's also an incredible book Um, If you know Rich Dad, Poor Dad, his tax accountant wrote a book called Tax-Free Wealth. This is something I'm nerding out on. It's not something I teach yet, but it's something I'm really excited about right now because the tax code is designed to support entrepreneurs. So there are four main brackets in the tax code. It's employee, um, small business, big business, and investor. And the the brackets that are small business, big business, and investor is really where the, like, I think it's over 3 million words in the United States tax code are designed to support because they understand people who are creating business as serving the economy. And 
um, get with a tax professional that knows small business, but also educate yourself because you want to know the right questions to ask. Every about twice a year, I go to my accountant and I have a list of questions mm-hmm. and, and we create a strategy for my own business on, on what makes sense based on where I am now, where I'm growing, the kind of revenue. And so, so use it to your benefit, right? I'm not saying yeah. don't pay taxes. I'm saying operate within the legal system in a way that also serves and supports you because there are a lot of downsides to entrepreneurship. Um, so take, take the wins that you can get. And then I would also, you know, in line with those standard wealth essentials, it's also about the way you think about investing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you went through a, a lot of information there. And I, I, I yeah. love that you, you called out profit first, because I, I love that, that system. And it's a great way to be able to get through, um, you know, how you should be, um, you know, allocating your funds that are coming in. And I think that what I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is, um, you know, even setting their pricing, right? Knowing their numbers, setting their pricing and setting their pricing high enough where, you know, you're able to take out half of that, right? Half of that, that, mm-hmm. that sale that's coming in and, you know, a quarter of it goes to the taxes or whatever, you know, whatever the other buckets are that you're going to allocate toward. Do you have any advice for, um, people that might be struggling with that exact thing, they might've been in business, they could have been in business for five years now, and they still haven't figured that out where, you know, they, they always seem to be on this, this wheel where they're always short. Um, you know, they'd love to be able to pay themselves, but they know that they've got to, you know, buy more material or more stock, or they've got employees to pay. And by the time they're doing all of that, you know, there's not very much left over for themselves. Um, any, any thoughts on, I guess, getting past that, that mindset and actually being okay with charging more for your services or, or do you have any other thoughts on how to, how to, you know, make all of that work um, and and feel comfortable with it? Yeah. Well, I mean, so this is kind of a multi-layered question and it is, it's pretty complex um, in general, right? Running a business Mm -hmm. is complex. Some of it is about thinking like an entrepreneur versus an employee. We're, we're educated and we're indoctrinated into ways of thinking with, with just like traditional school in general to think like an employee. And often entrepreneurs get stuck in creating more jobs for themselves, mm-hmm. which, which is thinking like an employee versus creating more jobs for other people. And this has to do with um, your business model as well. I've, I've had a lot of people come to me with, like I had um, an agency owner who ran a Facebook and Instagram ad agency, tons and tons of revenue. Um, and she was making pennies, right? And, and then floating things here and there on her credit card. And the, the business model was not set up in a way where it financially made sense. And because of that, it actually, there were a lot of ways structurally, internally, where it also didn't make sense in terms of leadership because there was like no incentive for her team to work any harder or do any more. So that restructuring is is different depending on your business and your business model. But when you're thinking about your business model and when you're thinking about your pricing, this is something not to approach from an emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of the time people hear things like charge what you're worth And I think that can be really confusing and it can be really defeating because how do you put a value on your worth? 
Yeah. Um, and that's not what your pricing should be based on, right? Your worth is inherent and your worth is infinite, right? You are, you're infinitely inherently worthy. I'm not, I would never argue either of those things. And when you're setting your pricing, there are two things you want to think about. You want to think about what you need, right? In exchange for your time and your services to actually be able to show up and do this work consistently mm -hmm. and, right? And, and live the lifestyle you want to live. And then you need to think about your market viability, right? Like, is this sustainable in the market? If I decide I want to make homemade dog treats and I want to charge $6,000 for them, because that's what I feel like my time is worth, I might not see success there. So you do want to do some market analysis. And that doesn't mean that I have a lot of clients where we position them as the most expensive in the market, mm -hmm. but it is within a certain range, right? And, and we're looking at, we're doing that from a data-driven place. And if those two things meet, but then you still can't find a way to pay your expenses and, and run your business, then it's, it's the business model. And I think when we reverse engineer that based on what you need, it becomes a lot easier. It becomes a lot, a lot less emotional because now we're planning for, um, planning for you to be successful. And then the questions we're asking are different, right? Mm -hmm. It's how do we create a model? How do we create a business that is sustainable and, and that is profitable. And so we're, we're now looking for those options instead of just thinking, well, this is my one idea I have or the thing I, I wanna do and I feel like doing and finding ourselves kind of just digging a bigger hole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that does, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, when, you, when you go through this process with people, um, what are some of the results that they've gotten? Like, can you, can you mm -hmm. talk about some of the, you know, this is what life used to look like. I mean, obviously you've done it yourself yeah. um, and we don't have to get into any, you know, money wise or anything like that, but, but even just from a, you know, a showing up standpoint, like you, like you've mentioned before, you know, knowing that you have this cushion, this buffer, you're more confident, you're able to, you know, present yourself, present the opportunities uh, or present yourself to those opportunities in a different light. Um, talk a little bit about that transformation that people have yeah. gone through, you know, once they've, once they've uh, worked with you. Yeah. So I'll reference the agency owner. Cause I, I had mentioned her previously. She was, um, definitely financially struggling considering closing the business. They had some really, really great high level clients, uh, but she was working herself into the ground and the model was structured in a way where her team who her ad managers were just getting a commission. So, and, and a very high commission, like an, an astronomically high commission. I think it was something like, you know, 40 or 50%, which in a, in a sales role is really, really high. And you're not going to see that in any mm -hmm. sales role and role. And it also wasn't a sales job, right? So she was doing all of the sales, all of the marketing, all of the internal work, all of the management, and, and her team was just getting, they were getting paid as contractors, but with commission. And so there was really no authority. And so in that business, we restructured to salary, which is something she was really afraid to do because in a salary, it's like, okay, I'm going to pay you a full salary, which means you're going to take this job. And then whatever's within the requirements of that job is the work that you will do um, versus where she had, you know, 
ad managers saying, oh no, I'm good on clients for now. And so she couldn't even bring in more business. Mm -hmm. um, but, but she went from considering closing that business and paying herself very little and floating things on credit cards to having a highly profitable business, a successful team, and, and having a lot more time, freedom, peace of mind for herself, being able to take on more work. Um, and, and I'll say quite profitable. I won't share yeah. her numbers, but multiple, multiple six-figure business. Um, you know, for myself, right? I, I would say a little over five years ago, I didn't know my credit score, mm -hmm. which is wild to me. You know, now I own, um, I own my home. I have no um, outstanding debt, like credit card debt or things that are financed or a car payment. Um, I also have um, a, a real estate investment business. So we have our first single family home that we started renting this year where we'll probably purchase a multifamily unit between four and six doors before the end of the year. And I'm also starting a third business or, well, we're doing our due diligence now, but we'll probably be starting a third business within the next month. Um, you know, I, I pay myself a six figure salary. I, I have a team. I have all of these systems in place. A lot of it is, is peace of mind. Um, you know, a lot of the clients I work with, the biggest shift is money now, instead of it becoming this thing that they're constantly anxious about, that they're afraid of, it becomes this liberating experience where money is the reason that they get to say yes to the things that matter to them most, where because the systems are in place now, when they want something, they're like, cool, let me look at the numbers and see exactly how I can create it. And that is really, it's about understanding and knowing your own financial power. And we all have an immense amount of financial power. We just don't always know how to use it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's so, so powerful. And, and again, like you said, there's, there's op opportunities that come up all the time that, you know, you might be afraid of, or you might try to, if you, if you don't have that confidence and that, that backing of understanding, you know, your numbers, you might, you know, the entrepreneur in us might say, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then it's like a struggle and you're just creating more, you know, more burden on yourself. And, and, you know, it's, it's not helping. It's not a, it's not a, I guess, a viable investment because you shouldn't have invested it in the first place because you mm -hmm. weren't, you know, in that position, but now you have even more pressure on you to be able to perform in whatever that next, whatever that other thing is. So, yeah, I love, yeah. I love the, uh, the mindset and the, the direction that you're going with that. Um, you talk a little bit about your your investments and whatnot. What 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 are your mindsets? What's your thought on, you know, what to do once you have this success and you have this, you know, this business that's that's humming along and and you're happy with it? What do you what what's your mindset? What do you do next with it? Yeah. So there are three things I want you to think about when you're thinking about investing as an entrepreneur. Pretty like three lanes you can invest in. The first is investing in yourself and your skill set right? Like you are your best investment, hands down period ever, especially if you are your business. Um, and when you increase your skill set, when you invest in yourself, you increase your earning potential, right? Um, so, so that's one. And then the second is into your business, right? So you can use that earning potential, that increased earning potential to increase your cash flow, right? And cash flow gives us leverage. And then from there, you know, when you have an increase of cash flow, 
I recommend investing that into things that will build wealth, right? Things that increase your net worth. So whether that is um, investments that create passive income um, or equity or assets, that's that's where I recommend that third space. So when you know when the financial foundations are in order, when you are you have a certain level of mastery and you've mastered cash flow, now you have leverage. And the thing I want every entrepreneur to know is your business is the most incredible tool for building wealth. Mm-hmm. Hands down, period. Right? It's this incredible tool for building wealth. And and I'm talking about net worth. I'm talking about tangible wealth, not, you know, not the appearance of wealth, not having a lot of things that make you look rich, but not a lot of money in the bank account. I'm, I'm talking about assets and, and things that give you that abundance of opportunity, that abundance of options. So that might be you know, a real estate deal where you get paid dividends. That might be the stock market, right? And just traditional, um, like a traditional retirement account or a brokerage account and some index funds. But, but things that are, that are assets that are going to take that cash flow that you've made and have that money make money beyond you. And, and that's something that I love is like, it doesn't matter if I have a bad day or an off day, or if I feel like crap, my investments are making money, Yeah. right? They are, they're appreciating in value. And, and so that gives me a, a lot of space, a lot of freedom, a lot of ability yeah, yeah. And that's that kind of goes back to the, I think, the mentality of the employee, right? Like that we're so used to, um, you know, when you have a job, you have your one form of income. So you think that, okay, my 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 business is my one form of income, but you're right. You know, once you once you start making all of that, that cash flow, you're able to, you know, spin off into other things, fund other businesses, you know, go into <laughs> other ventures, whatever it might be. Um, so so yeah, a lot of leverage, a lot of power there. Yeah. Um if, if someone wanted to learn more about you, your products, your services, your mentorship, what would be the best way to reach out and get in touch? Yeah, well, you can check out my website. Um, I don't actually hang out there. It's a website, uh, hannah-koenig.com. That's K-O-E-N-I-G. It's German. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. I do hang out there. I am in my DMs. I love new friends. I love to connect with people um, at I am Hannah Koenig. And then I do a free wealth event for entrepreneurial leaders every year. It's called the Lead Wealth Summit. This year, we live broadcast from October 17th through the 21st. Yeah. So we have um, 15 incredible speakers on that lineup. Um, you know, we have women in fintech, um, financial educators, uh, Tanya Rapley from MyFab Finance, Tori Dunlap, Brenda Gupta, the founder of Sequin, the Dow Janes, so many incredible um, educators. And, and it's all conversations, everything from paying yourself as an entrepreneur and how to structure in bonuses and plan for profit to the credit system, right? How to use that, how to leverage it, how to understand it, um, to financial trauma, to real estate, and it's, it's a great time. It's a free event. You can find that at leadwellsummit.com. Come hang out and connect. It's, it's literally a wealth of wisdom. Love it. Love it. Hannah, this is, this is really fantastic. I love all the work. I love your, your messaging and you know, how, you, how you are approaching this and leading other people 
you know, down this path. So um, fantastic job there. And uh, I can't wait to, to see what you guys come up with next. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.